let's try to do the the spell thing. What? Hocus Pocus is the focus. Have you played the board game Blocus? I think it's pronounced Blockus. Eh, it depends on where you went to school. <laughs> we have to go back! Hello, everybody, and welcome to Flashback Flicks Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And this week, we are talking about Hocus Pocus. Yeah. The movie. Because the fall is here, and it's a very fall-like movie. A lot of dead trees. Yeah. Yeah, was that your teaser last week? It was, get ready for a mouthful of leaves? Oh, yeah, so our teaser for this was, hope you have a mouthful of leaves. Put those leaves in your mouth, because that's what I think of when I think of Hocus Pocus. Just a mouthful of junk. Yeah. Particularly <laughs> leaves. Uh, so uh, before we get into the recap of the movie, Grayson, can you give us some history? This movie came out in 1993. Yeah, Ricky. Uh, Hocus Pocus came out on July 16th of 1993. Um, outside of the U.S. and other countries, especially in Latin America, it is also known as Abracadabra. Oh. Yeah. So, a little different. Not as fun to say, maybe. Uh, they had a budget of $28 million. Really? Yeah, $28 million. And that was back wow. in 93. Yeah, I mean, that... I mean, that's how they were able to get Clark bars as such a prominent snack in the movie. Right. They had such a a huge bowl of Clark bars. (laughs) So uh, it stars Bette Midler, uh, Kathy Najimy, and Sarah Jessica Parker as the three witches, the Sanderson sisters. Which, by the way, man, her performance, Sarah Jessica Parker, I want her to do more roles like that. I want to see more Kathy Najimy. Yeah, well, you know, she was in, like, Sister Act. Did you ever see Sister Act 2? Or 1? Any uh, of the Sister Acts? Yeah, I've seen both of them, because 2 was back in the habit, right? Yeah. Great subtitle for a sequel. Oh, perfect subtitle. But yeah, yeah, no, she's in a lot of great stuff. Yeah, she was the voice of Mary and Wally. No way! Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And also, I'd like to throw in there, Jason Marsden was the voice of Thackeray Binks, the cat. You might recognize his voice from... A Goofy movie. He was the voice of Max Goof. Uh, he was also the voice of um, Le, Le, Le Fou and uh, Beauty and the Beast. So he's a very prominent Disney voice. So oh. there you go. The early 90s were very good to him. They were, yeah, he was like, I was telling my wife uh, that he was the voice of the cat in this movie. And she's like, he was in the, he was in every 90s thing. She was like, remember when he was in Step by Step? I was like, yeah. It's like, yeah, he guest starred oh. in like an episode of The Full House, and he was just all over the place. Was he a cat in Step by Step? He was not. Oh, that'd be a lot of cat for TGIF. Between that and Sabrina the Teenage Witch, that'd be too much talking cat. Yeah. Yeah. Far too much. Although, while he was the voice of the cat, he was not the face of the cat. No. No. No, the cat, the cat was uh, faced by uh, the famous cat. I assume. No, I mean the the actual guy before he gets oh, turned into yeah. a cat. Is, no, that makes sense. It's not the same voice as the guy that voiced the cat. Yeah. So Which... somewhere in that 300-year span, he lost his colonial accent and adapted, I guess, from all the school that he attended as a cat. Yeah. Yeah. He just, he, he was blending in, you know, aside from being a talking cat. Right. Any other history? Uh, another interesting note about this movie, it was originally intended to be a Disney original movie, much like Brink or The 13th Year, but it actually got the attention of some studio executives, and they wanted to do it for a full theatrical release. Yeah, because it did have a Halloween Town kind of feel to me, uh, but with a much larger budget. And uh, before we get too much into the recap, mm-hmm. uh, I did want to address that uh, a recommendation that I have before you watch any of the movies that we do on the Flashback Flicks podcast is watch the trailer online because the Hocus Pocus trailer is maybe one of my favorite things ever. Because I remember watching that trailer more often than actually seeing the movie because I didn't watch 
that movie a lot growing up. In fact, this is like my first time really watching the whole movie. And uh, but that trailer, man, uh, I was talking to my wife about this as well. I'm like, hey, yeah, we're doing Hocus Pocus on the podcast. She's like, I only remember. I've, I'll put a spell on you. Like, that's the only thing I remember about yeah. the movie. I'm like, me too. And then, uh, yeah, that's in there. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, it's in there. That song is in there. Uh, but the movie was actually a ton of fun, which I think is a perfect segue into the recap of the movie. So what is the summary of this movie, would you say? So it starts out back in the Salem Witch Trial era in Salem, Massachusetts, where the three Sanderson sisters, played by Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathleen Najimy, are conjuring up a way to become young again. And so they lure this girl away from the Salem village, and they suck the life out of her. Her brother comes up, tries to stop them. They turn the brother into a cat. So because they killed one girl and then made another guy disappear, the town kills them, hangs them, and uh, just before they do that, they do an incantation. The witches do an incantation saying, hey, we're going to come back whenever it's a full moon and everything lines up. So 300 years later, all those events fall into place uh, when a, a a young guy from L.A. moves into yeah. town and wants Hollywood. to impress... Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a young guy from L.A. moves into town and wants to uh, impress uh, the girl in his school. So he's like, hey, let's go check out this old witch's house. He lights the black flame candle. Unfortunately, he was a virgin, which is one of the stipulations of bringing the three witches back to life. So when he lights the black flame candle as a virgin, the three Sanderson sisters return uh, on a mission to suck the life out of the children in modern day Salem. Yeah, and it's basically a... Um, hour and a half game of keep away because the only way they can uh, cast the spell is for them to have this book that is uh, leather bound by human flesh has a giant moving eyeball on it and was a gift from the devil himself. Like I wrote that down. I was just like, yeah, that's a very thorough gift. Yeah. I wonder what gift giving practices they have in hell. Like why? Why is Satan giving this witch a book? Yeah, yeah. And uh, a couple of things about the movie that I thought were particularly interesting is uh, Max, the um, main character, is new in the town of Salem, and Salem is super into witches and uh, celebrating Halloween. And he's just a skeptic kid. He's like. <laughs> Halloween's just made by the candy company, and everyone's just like, boo, boo. Like, they are yeah. down on this kid. The people then, of Salem are, are all about, like, the witch lore in their town. It's like, I would dial that back a little bit. But, yeah, <laughs> they, they really get into it. They're like, yeah, oh, yeah. witches. Yeah, and the, uh, I think, like, the first thing that was funny to me was he's like, yeah, I'm new in town. I just moved in last week. And then he just, like, dry or he rides his bike back home, like, through all these backwoods and, like, even goes through the cemetery. I'm like, um, I'm sorry, but, like, I don't know about you, but when I move into a new place, I don't know the backwoods and areas to drive your bike. Where he runs into these two bullies. I don't know what the other bully's name is, but I know one of them is named Ice. Yeah, and these He's guys, Ernie, Ernie <laughs> yeah. but he goes by Ice. And he has ice, um, I guess, like, uh, not tattoos. It's like shaved like, into the back of his head. Yeah, shaved into the back of his head. And these guys, by far, follow the 90s bully handbook to the T. Yeah, Jay <laughs> and Ice could have easily stepped into an episode of Power Rangers, and no yes. one would have known the difference. <laughs> yeah, it was, I loved it, because... Uh, there's this thing about 90s bullies where they just make fun of the guy and that's bullying them. And, like, their entourage is just so responsive. Like, I remember he's like, oh, who are you supposed to be? Because Max didn't want to go trick-and-treating with his little sister. And so he's just wearing his normal clothes with sunglasses. And then someone said, oh, who are you supposed to be? New kid on the block? And everyone laughs. I'm just like, oh, man. Like... This is great. I was just like, I got handed to you guys. Like these guys read up, and were the, just the perfect bullies. 
they know how to really hit him where it hurts. Oh, yeah. New kid on the block humor. Yeah. (laughs) One of the things I really liked about the movie was seeing um, this whole town get into trick-or-treating. Because I didn't go trick-or-treating growing up. I was not allowed to. Um, uh, My my guess is because uh, my parents thought that horrible things like this would happen. Like, oh, no. Ricky's going to go out. Try to meet some friends, and then there are going to be witches roaming the street, and then what? We're bad parents. That's my guess as to why I didn't go trick or treating a lot growing up. But like seeing the kids just like openly just go from house to house and um, just welcome people in. Like there's this one scene where this guy he's like, "Oh look, the Salem sisters are here. Come into my home. I got. I want. I want you to come into my home, and I want to introduce you to my wife." I'm just like. Is this a 90s thing or does this happen a lot with trick-or-treating because that that's a strange thing to do, right? Yes, yeah, before all the Dateline episodes came out that made us afraid of strangers. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm like, all right, Gary Marshall invites me into his home. I'm going to go into his home. <laughs> Seems like a nice guy. He's just dressed as the devil. Yeah. That was one other unintentionally creepy thing about the movie is that Gary Marshall's wife is Penny Marshall yep. in the movie, but they're actually brother and sister in real life. So it's like, ah, that makes me uncomfortable. That <laughs> makes me uncomfortable. I mean, I, I wasn't even down with like the uh, uh, the divergent couple actually being brother and sister in Fault in Our Stars. Yeah, you know the brother right. and sister in Divergent, their love interests in Fault in Our Stars. It's like, yeah, I know you're different people, but you got the same face. Yeah, and those yeah. faces are kissing on each other. <laughs> the I, I think another interesting thing about the movie because largely uh, nothing dates it that much. Um, there's this one moment when they are hanging out, and someone says, "Oh, I wish I had a camera." And I feel like that would be, like, that's, like, really the only thing that I saw that dated the movie a whole lot. Um, But, again, I think this movie does a good job at just being a movie about this town and the the, um, story that it's telling us not necessarily about the technology, like other movies that kind of date it. Uh, But I thought that was really cool. Because uh, I guess a lot of 90s fashion is coming back because I've seen a lot, like, even Ice with the uh, his ice uh, shaved into his head, I was like, I've seen people like today, like still shave like words and images and architecture into their hair. I was like, huh, the '90s are coming back. Yeah, I think uh, it helps too that you have these three sisters that have been out of touch for 300 years, and as they're introduced to it, it's very gradual. Like they learn what a bus is and things like that, or they they learn what television is. I think the most out-of-date thing in the whole movie is the fact that they're actually watching a commercial. Nobody does that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. The, um, yeah, speaking of the bus driver, favorite character in the entire movie. Yeah, really should have Fav- been in at least a third more of the movie. Like, I wanted him to join them and just join the adventure favorite character in the entire movie this i actually i just wanted to watch a halloween theme version of speed at that point (laughs) yes because what did he say he said uh he said something to the effect of uh oh yeah so they said he said hey yeah i call it a bus it'll take you wherever you want to go so uh or it'll take you to wherever you dream of uh so what do you want and they said children he's like ah Give me a few tries, but I'm sure we can make something happen. I'm just like, oh, guys. Yeah. This is a Disney movie. I didn't get that back in 93. Nope. Totally over my head. I'm like, it's a bus. <laughs> I really dug like how at this point in time, he's just driving around Halloween. Not Halloween Town. I'm getting my movies mixed up. He's Salem. just driving. <laughs> he's just driving around Salem, and he lets these three women who he just picks up drive the bus. Like, either public transportation just isn't needed that much on Halloween, or he's just like, you know what? You live once. Why not? Yeah, he lets Sarah Jessica Parker sit on his lap to steer the bus. Yeah, It's like, okay, apparently in Salem, Halloween is the purge. You just do whatever you want. <laughs> There's no laws. No rules. Yeah. The, um, 
Yeah, I think they're the witches. Uh, the I'm sorry, you were saying their last names before. The what sisters? The Sanderson sisters. We we can actually refer to them by name. Might be easier. So Bette Midler's character is Winifred or Winnie. Mm-hmm. They call her. Uh, Kathy Najimy's character is Mary, and she's very much like a sycophant towards Bette Midler's character. Really mm-hmm. wants to like she's a people pleaser. And then Sarah Jessica Parker's character is Sarah. So real stretch there. Hard to remember. <laughs> Well, yeah, so the se- <laughs> we have Winifred, Mary, and Sarah are the Sanderson sisters. Yeah, they the sisters were hilarious. Like yeah. I love that idea. Like that whole idea was executed very well. Like I would, I would watch a whole series just about the prequel of them uh, hanging out, uh, just the Sanderson sisters, like in Salem or even in modern day. Like mm-hmm. they were so hilarious and sarah jessica parker's uh sarah witch character was just so funny like she it was just like watching the three stooges but be witches and it was so hilarious like oh they're gonna run amok 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 like she just was so into her character and she was just so out there and she was very earthy and i don't know i just i just liked how in character they were with the like the the characteristics of each witch and the personality of each witch was just very prominent and each actor just did an amazing job at just like bringing life to those characters pun intended yeah because winifred's like the smart one who has it all together mary Mm -hmm. is the apologetic one and then sarah is like She's like the sexual one, but unapologetically stupid. Yes. Like, yeah, they really I, lean into it. Yeah. Like, she ate a spider at one point in time. I'm just like, oh, man. Like, and it wasn't even about it. They, she just did it so matter-of-factly. Like, she so is that the, like, is oh, that the stupid element or the sexual element? Uh, both? It's kind of sexy how she ate that spider. <laughs> I'm going to edit this all out. <laughs> So one of my favorite scenes is when the witches are going down like a neighborhood street and they're seeing all these children dressed up in costumes. They're like, I see all these goblins, but I don't see any children. And this one little girl dressed up like an angel walks by and she curtsies and she says, bless you. And Sarah just screams. "Ah!" I was just like, this is brilliant. Like, this is really smart and very well written and they're like so confused and then they just start slowly figuring things out and i just love it like usually in um movies i see a lot of villains get stopped by things that shouldn't stop them Mm -hmm. you know like they're like oh well i mean i don't know this villain he he didn't stop the heroes because he just decided not to i guess the power of friendship (laughs) right but like with this movie uh they really had to adjust to a lot of things and they had to learn a lot of things and i felt like those the current time period was an obstacle for them and i thought that was really great yeah that's a really good point like they couldn't just jump into our century and start being evil they had to figure Mm -hmm. out what a bus was first and they had to like actually realize that gary marshall dressed as the devil is not the same devil that gave him the skin book yeah, it's like, remember the book you gave it to me? A side note that I wrote down that was very prominent to me, one kid was dressed up like Mike Myers, which yeah. that that concerned me. Like, I, I don't know how many, like, children are dressing up like Mike Myers, but that stood out to me. I just wanted to mention it. Yeah, I think I'd be more disturbed if uh, one of the children is dressed up like Hannibal Lecter. That'd be pretty <laughs> scary. That would be, yeah. Little kid Hannibal. Uh, it's interesting, too, that these three sisters are actually somewhat celebrities in the town of Salem within the yeah. movie because uh, there are three kids that are dressed like them as kids. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a well-known story. And when the Sanderson sisters appear, the, the Allison, the girl that Max is trying to impress, recognizes them, be like, you're the Sanderson sisters. Mm-hmm. We remember when we killed you 300 years ago. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah, that rings a bell. <laughs> yeah. I think the best performance in the movie, though, comes from Thora Birch, who played Danny, the Max's little sister. Oh, like, yes. From her opening entrance, jumping out of the closet to scare him, 
uh, to the, the touchy feel moment of actually like caring for the, the death of, of Binks. She really does carry a lot of the emotional weight of that story. And she's super little in the movie too. Yeah. Like she, in the scene where she's confronting the witches, she's like trying to play along. Like they're laughing. She's like, <laughs> well, this has been fun, but she just like played it off very well. And mm-hmm. I, I thought that she was fantastic as an actor. And, um, We'll get back to her with some headcanon later. Oh, okay. Yeah. But overall, what would you say your thoughts are on the movie? I think that some of the effects don't necessarily blend like we see them today. Uh, mm-hmm. Like when Bette Midler shoots uh, lightning bolts out of her out of her fingers. Like it's mm-hmm. a little rotoscoped and things like that, but that's to be expected. Um, but ultimately, the story is fun. Like it's mm-hmm. just a fun a fun Halloween movie. And it's rare that you really connect with the villain of a movie more than you connect with the protagonist. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you look at the cover of Hocus Pocus, it's the three villains. It's not Max and the cat, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's interesting that they were able to build a movie in that way. And mm-hmm. I think, I think it would be an incredibly difficult story to pitch. So it like kudos to the fact that it got made the way that it did. Um, interesting side note, uh, Kathy Najimy's character, Mary was originally supposed to be Rosie O'Donnell and, uh, Rosie wow. O'Donnell turned it down cause she didn't want to be a scary witch in, in this movie. And I think realizing like what it looks like now, you, you see that it's, it's more of a comedic witch, but there are some scary elements, but it would have been so different that Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker and Rosie O'Donnell in this movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, I think it holds up. Oh, totally. Well, another thing for me, like, there were a lot of legitimate scary moments. Like, 10 minutes was the point in time where they hung the witches. Like, And, and previously, they straight up killed a girl. Yeah. Like, I didn't realize it until, like, they mentioned it. He's like, yeah, I lost my sister. I'm like, she was dead? Like, like it. they weren't afraid to shy around that the fact that, like, oh, yeah, um, this is dark well but in all th- fairness it's hard to tell that she's dead because the actress keeps moving after she dies a <laughs> <laughs> girl is not sitting still true yeah yeah because i thought that she was just like weakened from having the life force taken from yeah her. i thought they just like benjamin buttoned her and now she's just <laughs> gonna be like this young old girl yeah like i thought it was uh like how they did it entangled like how she's like oh no like we transfer like youth from one person to another kind of thing. Yeah. Like you just feed off of the, no, she yeah. straight up died. And also, um, Binks getting ran over. Was That's disturbing. Ter- that was disturbing because Binks gets run over and then he comes back to life. Like he reinflates himself. I'm like, mm, no, that would have been the thing that gave me nightmares. Like if I was seen this movie as a kid, that would have been the thing that gives me nightmares. I'm like, I did see it as a kid. I did have nightmares from it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Binks is interesting too, because you connect with him. Uh, I think if you pick a character other than the witches to connect with, I think Binks is the one that you connect with. So three, three villains and a cat are the most emotionally motivating characters. And it's interesting too, because when he tries to save, when Thackeray Binks tries to save his sister at the beginning, he fails. And it's, it's almost the exact same process that Max uses to try to save them later. So we, we had talked in Back to the Future about that rhyming in the scenes. This does that exact same thing, except Max is successful and Binks is able to play a part in what he originally failed at. So yeah. a little, little uh, digging a little deeper in the story there of Hocus Pocus. Yeah. And uh, I think overall, yeah, I think it really does hold up because, like you said, there are certain movies that you watch uh, that really get you into the spirit of the season. And mm-hmm. I feel like, um, for me, with Halloween movies, you can watch horror movies, but I feel like this movie really gets into the spirit of Halloween. I mean, you've got um, you've got some witches, you've got um, like people trick or treating. I mean, you've got Clark bars, all things Dude. that just scream Halloween, and um, and it, it's, it's a fun movie, and it is sort of timeless because i mean it could take place today like i don't think that they would need to remake this movie uh because it's 
it's really solid as it is. I think you could update some of the effects, like you do a George Lucas remastered edition with uh, upgraded special effects. But besides that, yeah, like, just, just have Sarah Jessica it. Parker going, no, 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 <laughs> no. And then um, they have monsters in Salem just in the background. And, um, <laughs> we and have this CGI'd time... a monster walking down the street. It's, yeah, I think it has a more see. dramatic effect that you see, <laughs> see the monsters. No. And then um, at the end, we see Rosie O'Donnell as the ghost. Um, oh, she was really the ghost divides, the whole time. It just divides the audience. Just standing next to, to Binks and <laughs> yeah. the little, yep. yeah, little Jedi girl. <laughs> yes, just walking into the sunset. Yeah. And yeah. it's Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. It's like, Rosie O'Donnell, what are you doing here? It's like, ah, it's the early 90s. I'm at my peak. <laughs> I show up in any Watch movie I can. On NBC. Yeah. The uh, but yeah, overall I think the movie definitely holds up and I'm glad I'm happy to have watched it for the first time. Like I think it's gonna start being a tradition for me to watch mm-hmm. it because it's it's fun, it's really entertaining, and I was so surprised at how funny it was. Like that movie was really, really funny. You wanna know something fun too? Yeah. So, so we're familiar with the the save the cat formula for writing uh, for writing movies. That format that it follows. Yeah. Uh, Hocus Pocus follows save the cat to a T, which is fun because the movie is essentially about saving the cat. Yeah, and for you, for those of you who don't know about save the cat, save the cat is a, um, I would say like a, a story writing device where you essentially do something to make your character likable, like one of your lead characters likable. Like if you're going to spend time with the character and they just are really, really cool, uh, you're not necessarily invested in them. But if they are likable and they do a moment like they save a cat kind of thing, is that a good summary of it? Yeah. Well, like in this instance, the fact that Thackeray sacrificed himself to try to save his sister endeared us to him. And we're like, oh, Binks, yeah, save the cat. Oh, well, it just turns out he is actually a cat in this instance. But yeah, totally. it's uh, it's a f- it's fun, it's fun. <laughs> no, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Well, and to that point, at about a, an hour into the movie, it gets to a point where you could shut off the movie, and you're like, ah, happy ending. Like that was yeah. great. All right. <laughs> yeah. Cool. The witch is burned up in a, in the school kiln, which apparently yeah. is big enough to fit three humans inside of it. You know, like yeah. all public schools have. And and then everyone just went home and fell asleep and the parents danced. Like, it's, yeah, it's fun. But then yeah. it, that's just that turn that is built in to save the cat, to have that false sense of accomplishment before the, the real evil kicks in. The all is lost moment. Yeah. But yeah. How the, about uh, that kiln? <laughs> Seriously, though, I, I wrote that down. I said, so they are at school and they just killed three people. What? What's yeah, cool? There, there's going to be an investigation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man, Law and Order Salem. Let's <laughs> let's make that happen. <laughs> In the criminal yeah. justice system, certain <laughs> certain criminals are categorized as witches. These witches are burned. These are their stories. You listening, uh, NBC? Yeah. Law and Order, Special Witches Unit. I want to see it. <laughs> SWU. SWU. Or SWU. S- oh, S3U. S3U. <laughs> <laughs> but enough about us uh, profiting from NBC by making one of the greatest franchises ever. Um, we're going to go into a segment of the show called Headcanon. So these are our Head unique cannon. ideas. <laughs> so these are our unique ideas about the movie things that we um basically are seeing as untold stories based off of the evidence provided and my head canon um ties into um thor birch um, okay. thor birch uh is the little sister yeah danny and yeah thor birch plays danny and she is the same actor or actress um who plays the lead daughter in American Beauty. So mm-hmm. my headcanon is that this movie is a direct prequel to American Beauty. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So we see the family years later, maybe even after they've moved, 
um, and seeing how their lives have unfolded after that. Wow. Witches don't seem so bad. Yeah. And I haven't seen Ghost World, but she is also prominent in that movie. And based off the title, I assume it would probably fit a little bit better. You would think. Have you seen Ghost World? I haven't. Is that the Ricky Gervais one? Uh, no. Oh, that was it's... Ghost Town. Yeah. 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 But yeah, that's my. I've seen Ghost then. Dad with Bill Cosby, if that counts. <laughs> no, it's nothing like that. He floats through the ceiling. <laughs> the ceiling. Yeah, and so that's my headcanon because I think it could fit. I think it could fit, and I would be interested in rewatching American Beauty and seeing how many threads I could tie in there. But you guys let us know on the Twitters. Some which solid headcanon. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Uh, mine's similar. It's that uh, the dad of the family, Charles Rocket, he was the anchor of uh, of SNL for a while in the 80s. Really? Yeah, he was the weekend update anchor. Um, huh. So I assume that this is just uh, what happened to him after he left SNL. <laughs> he just left <laughs> SNL, started up a family. Yeah, it's a weak head cannon, but yeah, Charles Rocket. No, I like it. And also, um, my headcanon, um, this, this is super loose, um, but I like to also think that this is a direct prequel to Sex and the City. Um, oh, yeah. And here's how this works. Sarah uh, somehow finds her way back out um, into the world, but her sisters are unable to join her because um, of whatever incantation that brings her back. Happens, And so then, instead of trying to um, relive her witch days because it's just too painful of a past, she decides to be an up-and-coming blogger in New York City and meets some of the best friends of her life and um, happily uh, has uh, eight seasons of a TV series. So you're saying that... uh... All the all the other people in Sex in the City are actually just Sarah Jessica Parker trying to replace her lost sisters. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Starting a new coven. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Salem in the city. <laughs> I was thinking Sex in the Salem, but yeah, either one works. <laughs> sex yeah. in the Salem would be them sitting at a wooden table with dresses down to their ankles, going, "I had improper thoughts today." <laughs> HBO would never take it. <laughs> but TBN will love it. <laughs> I glanced upon a man. He was big in stature. I call him Brother Big. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Oh, man. I wish. Too bad Sarah Jessica Parker didn't do too many like old-timey or period pieces and movies, because otherwise we could find some clips online to make that happen. Yeah, we'll, we'll stitch it together, make yeah. the trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you could also then, if that's what's happening, look at the Carrie Diaries as a sequel to Sex in the City and not a prequel, because oh. she's still a witch. She just has to suck the life out of some kids, and then she gets younger. Wow. And somehow time travels to the 80s. Because I think it takes place in like the 80s, right? Yeah, I don't know. I never really watched it. <laughs> it was a prequel to Sex and the City. I did not watch it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like that. I like that. Let us know what you guys think of that one. Because I'm the most proud of that one. <laughs> and let me know what happens in the Carrie Diaries. Because I will not watch it. Yeah, yeah. Spoilers are welcome for the Carrie Diary here on the Flashback Flix podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, um, another question I wanted to see um, is, do you think this movie could be made today? Now, I know we talked about should it earlier, but, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't think it should be, just because I think they told it very uh, succinctly, and I think it's fine how it is. But do you think it could be made today? With like the current environment of horror movies, do you think this movie could be made today and still uh, be like a family horror film, kind of in the vein of uh, Goosebumps. Oh, I see. Like the Goosebumps that just came out with Jack Black. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a place for it. But I think that 
it would have inherently been darker. Mm-hmm. Just because that's what we we head towards. Like, oh yeah, Fantastic Four, make it dark. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> yeah. It's like we it probably would have been a, a little little bloodier, even though it's a kids movie. I think we're just kind of desensitized to those things. Yeah. Um, whereas it was easier to keep things wholesome as much as there it is with the devil worship in this movie but uh yeah, yeah i think i think it could be made today but it would um it, it would be dark it would be dark yeah yeah like i think it could be made today but my fear would be that it would focus more on the horror aspect of it and mm-hmm. less on the comedy aspect of it because like i mean the movie is a comedy like it's a genuinely main- funny movie yeah, like in the vein of Scrubs being like a comedy with dramatic moments in it. Like this is a comedy with some scary moments in it. Like there are scenes where it's just like, ooh, like are they going to make it? Like what's going to happen? Like you feel the kind of um, terror of just like the environment, like people being chased, people being found out, that sort of thing. But I really, really think that the movie today, if it were to be a comedy, it would be focused more on the kids and less on the witches, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they would focus on the kids more. It'd be a a lot of, like, no-name kids that we've never seen before. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Look at, oh, what's its face? And, uh... And I think, like, I would love it. Like, if it were be- to be made today and, like, we were in charge of making it, I feel like mm. I would want all SNL cast members. Like, I would want Tina Fey. I would want nice. Amy Poehler. Um, and I would want Kristen Wiig. Like, I would want them. Ooh, wait. Wait. Who is the um, – I'm blanking on – ooh, no. Take that back. Oh, that's tough. Okay. If we were to recast it yep. today, mm-hmm. who – would you recast? I would have. Uh, I want Maya Rudolph in there. I don't know who I would have her. I would have her play. Um, who is um, Kathy's witch character? Mary. Ka- Mary. I would have Maya Rudolph play Mary. Oh, that'd um, be good. I would want Amy Poehler to play uh, Bette Midler's character. Mm hmm. And then I want Sarah Jessica Parker to reprise her role. <laughs> oh, yeah, just to... bring her back. <laughs> yes, uh. I want her to play Sarah exactly the same. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. good. And, they, and, um, and I, I, I'm trying to think of the other kids. I think for Max, I would probably have, I don't know. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he can play any Joseph- age. He really can, yeah. I have Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Max. Um, I would have had um, his. I'm just re. I'm basically. I want it to be uh, 500 Days of Summer. Whoever played his younger sister in that movie. I know she's older now. Oh, Thora Birch. Yeah, I want yeah. her to play the younger sister. Oh, in 500 Days of Summer, you oh, would sorry. have the Thora yeah. Birch character. Yes, got it. Because you know, uh, what's because she was in 30 Rock as Jack's uh, adversary. Yeah, uh, Chloe Mortiz, French name. Uh-huh. That's, a, yep. that's the one. That's what it says on IMDb. <laughs> Chloe, French name. Yeah, and then Max, I would want to be voiced by um, Jason Madsen. Or Marsden, yeah. Because he's still around. He's still one of my favorite acting humans. So that's how I re- recast it. How about you? Nice. I like your SNL approach, similar to how they're doing the the next Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd, I'd keep it in the same vein. I think um, instead of Bette Midler, I would have Kate McKinnon. Yes. I think she'd be a lot of fun. Uh, Sarah yeah. Jessica Parker's character, I would have uh, Kristen Wiig do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Kathy Najimy's character uh, would just be Melissa McCarthy. So basically, the <laughs> it's Ghostbusters. Yep. Uh, but I think it, that would be a lot of fun. Um, oh, yeah. And then for uh, Billy Butcherson, the zombie X that comes back and has his mouth sewn shut. We haven't really talked about him. Oh, I'd yeah. have him played by uh, probably Donald by Johnny Trump. Depp. Oh, so goodness. we uh, so we didn't have to do a lot of makeup. We just like, hey, wake up, Johnny. It's time <laughs> hey, for you. Johnny. To go. <laughs> yeah, just put your hair back and uh, and kind of stumble around. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, for the cat, I'd probably get the same cat that was on Sabrina, Teenage Witch. <laughs> oh Except, man! Uh, yeah. Yes. 
voiced by Gene Parmesan. I can't remember his actual name right now. I just know he's Gene Parmesan from Arrested Development. Uh, <laughs> Wait, which makes me think ahead. that if I can if I can have anyone voice the cat, I would want it to be Ron Howard. <laughs> I think he'd be a fantastic cat voice. You should go. I'm here to save my sister. <laughs> that's a way better Ron Howard than me. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's good. Would you um what about like the parents? Do you have any casting choices for that? Uh the parents I would want to be uh Chris Pratt and Anna Ferris. Nick Bacay is the voice of Salem. Nick Bacay. What? <laughs> Who's Nick yeah, Bacay? The cat from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh. Nick Bacay. Hmm. Sorry, I was in the middle of your casting. Oh, for the parents? Yeah. I, I said Chris Pratt and Anna Faris, just because they're oh. an actual couple, but they would yeah. be in so little of the movie. Yeah, but they would be great, though. Like, I, I would love to see them as, like, Mom, who are you supposed to be? Madonna. Right? Yeah. Is it obvious? Although I would want Chris Pratt to actually help the kids at that point and not be stuck in an endless dance, dancing to I Put a Spell on You. Yeah. Yeah. A fun, a fun note about... Uh, the Charles Rocket character. So Charles Rocket got a lot of criticism on SNL because he would use foul language every now and then. And so there's a line in there where they say something and he goes, watch your language. And it's supposed to be a reference to uh, his SNL days. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. Cause I was, I was thinking about that. Cause he said, uh, how's your day? Oh, it sucked. He's like, Hey, watch your language. It was just right. like, meanwhile, in the nineties when this was language. Yeah. It's Disney language. Yeah. I'm like, all right, guys, I, I think we just earned our PG. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't for the hanging? No, no, this is it. Uh, we can show violence, but words, those are the real threat to America. <laughs> Man. Yeah. And then the, uh, for the uh, okay. for the two bullies, um, oh. I, I would want to get um, yeah. the guy who voiced Olaf in Frozen. Oh, yeah, Josh Gad. Yeah, Josh, Josh Gad. Gad. Uh, I think he could play a bully. I think he'd be a pretty funny bully. Yeah, and, like I will. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know the that character uh, who is is kind of the I'm trying to think almost like the Billy Madison like never kind of grew up kind of character. Mm-hmm. I want him to him and whoever his counterpart to be is like the bully who just stayed in the town and like never got out of it. Like I just want him to be like, "Hey man, I like your sh- I like your uh, new front runners or sports runners or whatever they called it because I didn't choose in the nineties." Uh, yeah, I, I think we just make his other counterpart Biff. Yes. Oh yeah. yes. It's just Biff. Oh yes. He had yes to leave to Hill that. Valley and uh, move to Salem. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And he steals kid shoes. <laughs> All right. So, um, fun fact. Uh, during the credits, the parents finally stop dancing and leave the building exhausted. Uh, Jay and Ernie have been forgotten about and are still dangling in their cages, singing Row, Row, Row Your Boat. Then the camera pans over to the spell book as the eye opens once more. Yeah, those guys probably died in those cages. They did. No one's going to go in there for any reason. Yeah. They're chungs. <laughs> the chungs will be removed. So, uh, fun thing is that the, um, the movie takes place in 1993. Mm-hmm. Um, and Danny tells Max that there is a full moon out. And uh, the last time there was a full moon on Halloween was in 1974. And the next one won't happen until the year 2020. So, this movie is a lie. So, in the year 2020 on Halloween, it'll be the year the Sanderson sisters actually come back. And... Uh, they can run amok. Run oh, amok, man. Run amok, run amok. The theaters are going to be packed to watch Hocus Pocus. They're going to do a reunion <laughs> on Jimmy Kimmel. It's going to oh. be amazing. It's going to be great. It's going to be so great. Well, you said it was 1974 was the last time there was an actual full moon? Yeah, on Halloween. On, on yeah. Halloween? Well, that doesn't make sense then. You couldn't put the movie in 1974 because a virgin has to light the candle. Where are you going to find a virgin <laughs> in 1974? You're not going to find them. You're not going to find them. Boo. <laughs> oh, another okay. interesting thing. So Billy okay. Butcherson, we mentioned the the zombie boyfriend. 
uh, with them is Mouth Sewn Shut. That's played by Doug Jones, the headless version of Billy Richardson, played by Karen Malkus. <laughs> it's very specialized. Two wow. different acting styles. You got to get two different actors. I mean, yeah. So we, we teased this, we said, by the leaves in the mouth. Mm-hmm. Get ready to have some leaves in your mouth. And we haven't really addressed why we said that. <laughs> yeah, why did so, you say that? Yeah, so the part that always stood out to me watching this movie as a kid was whenever Billy cuts his mouth open and spits out all of those like leaves and phlegm and stuff into the air so yeah. that he can talk and yell at the Sanderson sisters. That was always very disturbing to me because <laughs> it it's like... Why did they stuff leaves in his mouth? Like they sewed it <laughs> shut. Why does there have to be foliage lodged in his throat for 300 years? Interesting. Yeah, I guess that is. I mean, I think it's hilarious that that was the image that stuck with you the whole time. It did. Because Him just me, coughing it, up all that junk. Ugh. Ugh. I mean, the I think the cat thing is the thing that would have stuck with me more. But yeah, the leaves. I. I, I wow. Yep. Yeah. Leaves in the mouth. Billy Butcherson got a mouthful of leaves sewn shut. Yeah. And he does that disgusting cough when he opens. He goes. <laughs> awesome. Just cut his tongue out and be done with it. That's what they do on Game of Thrones. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Billy Butcherson's also a really interesting character because he has a ton of backstory that's briefly referenced, but we yeah. never see. If there was a prequel to Hocus Pocus, it'd be the relationship he had with Winnie, and then he cheated on Winnie with Sarah, which is why he got his mouth sewn shut with all the leaves and and stuck into the grave. I think that'd be really interesting to see. Yeah, because they uh, Max is just like, oh yeah, no, this is the ex boyfriend. Anyway, we gotta go. It's like, wait, 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 that was super interesting. Like, why? No, we gotta run. Man, certainly has a type. So we've already touched on this uh, before, but since it's this segment of the show officially, uh, we're going to give you reasons to recommend this movie. So why would you recommend this movie to someone else, Grayson? I think the character work is just solid. All the character spaces are clearly defined. Uh, It's fun. You're able to go along. it's, It's dramatic. It's funny. It's seasonal. There are a lot of things going for it. You're probably not going to watch this movie in the middle of the year, but during this time when everything's getting kind of fall-like, it's just a fun movie to nestle in and and uh, yeah, relive relive a Halloween classic, as the voice on my television tells me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I feel like it's a a very fun family-friendly movie. Uh, so long as you are fine with seeing uh, cats getting run over mm-hmm. and um, beheadings, not beheadings, but hangings, uh, 10 minutes in the movie. Uh, there is a beheading as well, though. Billy gets his yep. head knocked yeah, off. But it's got yeah. all of it. <laughs> if those are your things, then this is the movie for you. Uh, oh, man, this also- thing's got everything. <laughs> it's got decapitation. It's got public executions. It's got books made of skin. But more importantly, clock bars. No one gives out a good <laughs> clock bar anymore. <laughs> it's dated. Yeah. It doesn't hold up. <laughs> clock bars. It's, it's not realistic. It'd be a That's Milky Way. What, that is what dates this movie. No, <laughs> the uh, I honestly recommend it because it's fun. It's really funny. And I think it is really uh, great for the whole family because like, even if you have kids who are afraid of the scary parts, like they can like cover their eyes and get to the fun and funny parts and like i felt like they really made this movie largely for adults because there's definitely scenes that like is made for the adults to get the different cameos and get the references and understand what they're saying because like i remember like that bus scene the bus driver was just like that whole scene was made for the adults so i think it is a halloween classic and so many people uh get super excited about it because it's a super fun movie Catchy songs, too. Oh, yeah. I put a spell on you. And then even the creepy one that she sings, like, come little children, I'll take you away. It's like, oh, well, that's going to be stuck in my head for a week. Yeah, I've been singing this song, and uh, next thing I know, Chris Hansen will appear. (laughs) I'm Chris Hansen. Why are you sucking the life out of this child? (laughs) I want to talk to you for a second. No, no, it's just hocus pocus. 
Hocus Pocus. Is that what you call it? <laughs> it seems like he was a little more pocus than he was hocus. <laughs> oh, You're free to go, but you will be tackled by authorities outside. Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, that was it for Hocus Pocus. Um, let us know what you guys thought if you watched along and listened. Why would they do that? Why would they watch the movie while they listen to us? I don't know. It's we spoil even... the end of the movie. So we Jedi children. <laughs> Jedi children walking through the gates of heaven. <laughs> do you know they actually had seven of those stone statues of Bette Midler at the end? Really? Yeah, one of them's in a museum because Indiana Jones told him it needed to be. <laughs> it belongs in a museum. No, one of them is in a museum, though. But yeah, they had seven different statues that explode. Huh. Yeah. All right. Well, that just about wraps up the Flashback Flicks podcast as we just talked about Hocus Pocus. Um, if you stay this long, you already know that. Don't know why I'm reminding you. Uh, but thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, give us a rate and review on iTunes because um, validation uh, keeps us young. Um, and it, um, it just allows us to um, keep our spirits high. And um, yeah, so give us whatever star you feel worthy of this conversation. And don't forget to join the conversation on Twitter. We are at Flashback Flicks. Mm, what are, are we? we? Are uh, we? I think we are. I thought I oh, created man, I got to follow us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, that's at Backfat Flicks. That's oh. all that was available. Backfat Flicks. Yeah, that's all that was available, um, unfortunately. Um, flashback flicks was taken. Ironically, it is about back flat. But if you say it really quickly, it sounds the same. Backpack flicks. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's us. Flashback flicks. Yeah. <clears throat> We're official. Nice. We are official. We are at flashback flicks, and keep up the conversation there. Uh, right now, our little uh, icon is an egg. So if you see us at that point in time, you are so special. And the egg will hatch and bloom into a lovely little icon. And don't forget to tune in next time when we... Take an animated look at pre-adolescent depression. That's right. Right here on the Flashback Flicks podcast. And remember, be kind and rewind. Is there anything else that you wanted to add before we stopped recording? I think it's uh, worth noting that Thackeray's father was played by Norbert Weiser, who has a familiar face, but no familiar film credits. <laughs>